All right, Senator Grassley, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here as a former Iowan. I know people in our great state appreciate the work you do in Washington. And as the head of an immigration advocacy group, I know our members across the country really appreciate the work you do to protect this country. More importantly, we know you push for policies that put the interests of American citizens and future generations ahead of big business and partisan demands, which is exactly what FAIR stands for. Today, we're thrilled to talk to you about a bill that you have long sponsored in the Senate to protect American workers. This week, along with Senator Durbin of Illinois, that you introduced the H-1B and L-1 Visa Reform Act. And before we get started, before I get into the questions, just for our viewers, let me mention a few of the things this bill does. The bill gives more authority to the executive branch, namely the Department of Labor, to review visa petitions for fraud or misrepresentation rather than just allowing them to be rubber stamped. The bill requires the Department of Homeland Security to prioritize those seeking visa, um, namely based on educational attainment, that is making sure America recruits workers with advanced degrees in science, technology, and engineering. The legislation prohibits the replacement of American workers by foreign visa applicants. That's very important. It clarifies that the working conditions of similarly employed American workers may not be inversely affected by the hiring of an H-1B worker. And the bill will end the ability of outsourcing companies to import large numbers of H-1B and L-1 workers for temporary training purposes, only to send the workers back to their home countries to do the same job. And finally, last but not least, it prohibits companies with more than 50 employees, of which, uh, of which at least half are H-1B or L-1 holders, from hiring additional H-1B employees. There are so many great provisions in this bill, and they are all needed to improve the program and really ensure that Americans come first. So, Senator, let me launch into some questions. Um, you've made progress on this bill every year making improvements to get at new abuses and fraud schemes that arise. Do you have any thoughts about whether this bill will be considered, especially since your main uh, co-sponsor of the bill, Senator Durbin, is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, which oversees all immigration legislation in the Senate? Well, I've worked with Senator Durbin over the past few Congresses to bring attention to these issues and to close loopholes that hurt our workers. Uh, the reforms proposed in this legislation being somewhat competitive or repetitive of what you have did as you went through the bill. But uh, these are very common sense changes. Uh, they're pro-American worker and help ensure American workers aren't replaced by cheaper labor from overseas. Before you go on, I, I think I should give you an example Oh, that I probably haven't used for a few years, mm -hmm. but it's it involves a company called California Edison. And I don't know whether California Edison exists today or not, but I always used, uh, when we first introduced this bill, as an example. California Edison brought in a whole bunch of H-1B workers, had their domestic American workers train them, and then fire the workers that were training the H-1B people. Now, that's the sort of uh, problems that we have for American workers. It's, it, it demands the reforms that's in H-1B, and, uh, and we, we, we can't let those things happen through a program that is meant 
to bring in H-1Bs just to fill uh, vacuums where they legitimately exist in the American economy. Oh, I totally agree, Senator. It's a fabulous example. So let me ask, there's been a lot of talk in recent weeks and um, and months. I mean, you were just talking about the difference between filling needs or just uh, practice of hiring H-1Bs, you know, wholesale. So in recent weeks, there's been in months, there's been a lot of tech layoffs in our country. According to TechCrunch.com, in 2023, layoffs have yet again cost tens of thousands of tech workers their jobs. This time, the workforce reductions have been driven uh, by the biggest names in tech, like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Yahoo, and Zoom. And they also claim that in January, there were nearly 85,000 layoffs in the tech sector and another 36,000 in February. So are these tech layoffs a sign that there's no shortage of STEM workers? And will your legislation have passed help American tech workers be the uh, first in line for these skilled positions in the future? We want to make sure that our laid off workers can find new jobs quickly. This bill helps prevent U.S. workers from being disadvantaged, especially in this situation. I'll give you some examples. This bill stops employers from advertising only for foreign workers in their job ads. It also helps to strengthen the rules to protect and not displace U.S. workers. This is done by extending timeline protections which ensure American workers aren't simply fired right before or after overseas workers join a company in the United States. And that's that California Edison example I just gave you. Furthermore, the existing H-1B non-displacement rule is extended to another immigration bill, the L-1 program. Mm -hmm. These positions uh, will be covered for the first time. Oh, fantastic. Wow. So uh, also, I want to say it offers transparency by requiring uh, employers to post job ads for H-1B workers on a Department of Labor website with a free open access to the public. Uh, should an employer violate these new rules, uh, they could face increased fines or even possible debarment from applying for H-1B and L-1 visas uh, for a period of time. Oh, that's great. The transparency is so important. One of the provisions in your bill would amend how the H-1B visas are allocated every year. I think this provision is, is a key change that may that many people can get behind. The language, so let me just to explain to our listeners a little bit, the language doesn't designate specific categories of H-1B workers who, because of their education, training, or economic value, are of the highest national priority and must be given preference in the allocation of H-1B visas. Could you just talk a little bit about why this is needed and if it will work better than the current lottery system? Well, I think you've done a very good job of explaining it. Uh, this bill prioritizes the issuance of H-1Bs based on a few factors, and these factors would be like those individuals who have graduated from U.S. colleges and universities and other institutions of higher learning with advanced degrees, uh, those who have degrees in the critical STEM fields, and you noted them being science, tech, engineering, and math, 
and those applicants filling critical jobs that offer higher competitive wages. These priority categories replace the existing random lottery system. Uh, so this will then ensure that we're filling our critical jobs in our communities with the highest quality applicants uh, for positions that might otherwise go unfilled due to a shortage of skilled or American workers. That's fantastic. Merit is so important in this system. Um, uh, wonderful. So uh, just lastly, before we let you go, Senator, we know that many American workers who've, uh, who have been harmed by the H-1B and L visa programs are listening and following your work. They know how hard you fight for them and have led the charge to educate your colleagues uh, on the abuses in the program. Is there anything else you would like to mention about this bill or want to tell the American workers who are listening today? Well, thank the American workers for the work they do. We're a very productive society and, and they're uh, contributing to it. And thank you very much for your hard work. Uh, guess to answer your question, I would stress the need to fix our immigration system. The whole country realizes our current system is broken. Every week I receive dozens and dozens of letters from constituents in Iowa regarding immigration and border security, particularly the fact that the president isn't uh, secure in the border. Uh, we also have the federal government needs to enforce the immigration laws and rules that we currently have on the books. And of course, this includes securing the southern border. And I can't say it too often, but President Biden is not enforcing our immigration laws. It's a violation of the oath and how anybody could uh, believe in an open border because that compromises our uh, sovereignty. Uh, I don't understand, but uh, that's what he believes. And uh, we either get him to change his mind, we get him to uh, leave office uh, or something. But uh, Congress can't act when he's poisoned the water by not securing the border. Then I think I would go on to add something else uh, that uh, is needed. Uh, Washington needs to come up with workable solutions, how that we can deter and protect unaccompanied children coming to the border. Uh, fix the abuses with our current parole system and address the problems and loopholes with the asylum process. And that's just a few. There's a dozen others. We, If we had time, I could mention, but those are the hot ones that get highlighted the most. Well, those are all great points. And thank you, because whether it's uh, tackling illegal immigration, the crisis at the border or illegal immigration, we need a system that you know works for Americans. And uh, we just are so honored to have you here with us today. We thank you for all of your hard work. Thank you for taking time to talk to us about this important piece of legislation. And we'll be out there fighting the fair fight to get something done. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you to you and to FAIR for the work you do to highlight all these very important issues.